So what are the racist Republicans going to do now? It's election day and the polls close in an hour or two here. And according to the polls, there's a tie between Kathleen Barnett and Dr. Oz for the Republican nomination for senator. Neither Barnett nor Dr. Oz were supposed to be here because Barnett was kind of an unknown. And uh, Dr. Oz is, well, he's, he's Dr. Oz. But here we are. Uh, the polls say that Dave McCormick is out of it. We'll see. But even if Barnett loses in a close race, what does that say about all those racist Republicans? She's black. And she is going to get a lot of votes one way or the other, unless the polls are just totally off. She's uh, listed as within a percentage point of uh, Dr. Oz up at the top there. Most of the people who are going to vote for her are probably from rural areas where we're always told the white supremacists are hiding. If she doesn't win but makes it close despite all the support from Donald Trump, which, by the way, includes robocalls today, he really wants Dr. Oz to win this thing. Uh, She'll no longer be an unknown after this, no matter what happens. There are a lot of questions about her, and the establishment Republicans, including Donald Trump, have been making sure that they remind everybody of all those questions about her military record, her education, some other stuff. And she was a big fan of Donald Trump when she ran for Congress in 2020, and she came on the show to talk about it. I thought it would be interesting to go back and listen to what she was saying then and see how well it matches up with what she's saying now and what people are saying she said back then uh, and what they're saying about her now. So I will play that interview in its entirety after the break coming up. And in our second half hour, uh, we're going to talk about the Durham-Sussman trial. That's uh, Michael Sussman, Hillary Clinton's attorney. Uh, and uh, that the first day of that trial was today. We will have Zach Smith from the Heritage Foundation, who was observing what went on today, and he'll be here to talk about that. So stick around. Hey, Earl, did you hear that Senator Mastriano voted to pass Act 77? You're kidding. Isn't that the law that allowed no-excuse mail-in ballots that the Democrats are abusing? Yeah, but it's worse than that. Mastriano also proposed that folks with COVID should be mandated to register with the government or be punished. And that's a violation of my privacy rights. Uh, What will they come up with next? A tax increase? You know, Earl, now that you mention it, he has. Mastriano is proposing a 60% increase in our Pennsylvania income tax. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm sure glad I talked to you guys. Don't be like Earl. Get the facts. Doug Mastriano can't be trusted. Paid for by Pennsylvania Patriots for Election Integrity, LLC. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... 
Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optima Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS, don't go on alone. Give Optima Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The John Steigerwald Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, you know, the country's going to be watching Pennsylvania tonight to see if Kathleen Barnett can pull off an upset and win the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. You've heard a lot about what she has said and done in the past. Well, here's what she said on this show back in February of 2020. Well, Donald Trump has been called a racist a few million times, uh, not just by people in the media, but by people who are out there running for the Democratic nomination. And the MAGA hat has almost become the new Ku Klux Klan uh, hood. And among the Democrats, it's just become a matter of fact. Donald Trump is a racist and black people should not vote for him. Well, Kathy Barnett is black, and she's uh, running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 4th District as a Republican. She's also written a book called Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America, and she joins us now. Kathy, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, uh, thank you for doing it. The, the, um, The title of your book is What Donald Trump Tried to Tell Black Voters Back in 2016. Uh, you know, what do you got to lose? Do you think many of those who didn't listen to it, listen to him back then have uh, come around to agree with him now in the last three and a half years? 
I, you know what? I know so. Not only from my own personal experience of going into always being in the black community, and specifically over the past three years, I specifically have been going into the black community. Um, but not only so, not only have I witnessed it myself, but also we have uh, the latest three polls I've seen, two of which are rather liberal have also acknowledged the fact that uh, the black support is roughly is hovering around 30% for President Trump. So whether it's 30% or 15%, that is historic over the last uh, 56 years since, since blacks have been voting almost exclusively Democrat. So, yes, black people see it. We feel it. We're waking up and realizing it. So you're you are buying the uh, the um, the numbers the thirty percent number or somewhere between fifteen you know, and thirty. You know what? Some, somewhere somewhere in between. Well, what I do know is that you know uh, typically in the past Democrats have only Republicans have only been able to get maybe six percent. Donald Trump got eight percent in 2016. So to get 30% in polls, and you know, I'm, I'm sure I feel the same way as you feel about polls, right? But people tend to look at them. And right now it's hovering 30. Whether it is 10, 15, or 30, it is, it, I think it's reflective of what this president has been doing over the past uh, three and a half years. And like I tell the black community, whether, you know, this man, this president has come into office and within three years, he has done every single thing. He has touched on every single issue. The black community has been coming to both parties for the past 56 years complaining about, wanting someone to pay attention to, whether we're talking about prison reform. He has the First Step Act. Last year, he started with the Second Step Act. Whether it's the Opportunity Zones, over 9,000 areas have seen a flow of capital rushing into these particular uh, distressed communities. Whether we're talking about the historically black colleges and universities, I remember when uh, these particular presidents went to Obama asking him, begging him to forgive these crushing debts um, within these historically black universities and colleges, and Obama did nothing. President Trump did it. Black folks are not stupid. They are waking up. They see it. They may not like it. It may be a hard pill to swallow, but they are recognizing it. Now, is it possible for, and here, I'm an old white guy, so, you know, it's hard. I don't like to ask a black person to speak for every black person on the planet, which white people tend to do too often. But um, is it possible for a black person to think that, to to accept the fact that Donald Trump has done good things for black people in America, but that, he, that, that he's also might be a racist. You know what? I mean, he, this is my position, and this is what I have told not only the black community, but when I'm talking to white liberals, is uh, I have never tried to convince someone to like President Trump. You don't like him? Uh, okay, fine. Perfect. I don't care. I don't care if you like him or not. The only thing I've ever tried to convince people is to know when someone is working in their favor and then to have the good sense to get out of the way so that they can continue to work in your favor. And so whether he, whether you think he's a racist or not, you cannot deny the fact that black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, uh, is at the lowest levels it has ever been historically. For women unemployment, it is, it is low, 7262. 
year low. Even the even the spread of unemployment between white people who are unemployed and black people who are unemployed have decreased for the first time in history. That spread is decreasing. So whether you like it or not, or even when we look at those who are living at the lower income spectrum, their wages are growing at a faster clip than those at the top. Their wages have increased over 47%. Uh, last year, um, in the month of January, we thought we were only going to get 160,000 jobs, ended up getting over 250,000 jobs. So whether you like him, whether you think he's a racist, I don't care. The only thing we need to really pay attention to is how is the policy this man is doing is positively impacting me and my family at my kitchen table. You're listening to an interview I did with Kathleen Barnett, the candidate for the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania. This interview was done back in February of 2020. Yeah, well, that makes a lot, way too much sense, Kathy. Way so, too much. <laughs> you know, you're making way too much sense there. But uh, you know that the Democrats uh, are now cl- when when Donald Trump tries to to take some credit for what's happening with the economy and how it's helping black people, um, the Democrats uh, are quick, especially uh, I think uh, black Democrats are quick to say, "Oh no." This uh, this guy's trying to, to claim uh, what Donald uh, what uh, Barack Obama did for us. It was Barack Obama who started the uh, economic uh, revitalization the and economic and, boom. Yeah, yeah. Are you not buying that yeah. either? I'm not buying that, and um, you know, it, it, it's just foolishness. Listen, the only thing that matters is that we are all doing well. Right. And when we even look at the number of uh, regulations that he has cut and the impact, in my book I talk about this one particular lady, Ida, who was arrested in her shop because she braids hair, and uh, because, because of all the regulations, they wanted her to spend over $7,000 and getting some kind of class in order to be able to braid hair. Now, braiding hair in the black community is like a rite of passage, right? That women go to and do all these particular things. And they wanted this woman who simply braids hair to pay over $7,000 to get some kind of license. Donald Trump, he actually did a speech from the White House saying, listen, you know, I have have tremendous respect for people who are in the cosmetology business. However, there should not be more regulation for someone to braid hair than it is for someone to work. Um, on an ambulance. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive. But Donald Trump comes in, he cuts these regulations, he encourages states to start cutting regulations, and now, I mean, and, and specifically in that particular arena, cosmetology, we see a tremendous number of jobs that people have. So again, it doesn't matter all of the rhetoric. The only thing Democrats have for the black community and for the greater American community, the larger American community, is racism. If it's not racism, it's resistance. And none of those things move me out of one financial condition and into a better financial situation. None of those things put food on my table. They don't pay any bills. All they do is scratch an irrational, emotional itch. That's all it does. It does not help us. White liberals specifically love to come and try to tell me, a black woman, what it means to be black. They're so arrogant. They try to tell me what it means to be black. They try to tell me what racism looks like and how I should feel about it because they're so arrogant and they know everything. They look at me with these little false narratives of of white privilege 
which essentially says, Kathy, you have to look at your black skin and believe that your black skin has betrayed you in some way. That my white skin gives me all of these extra privileges and your black skin has betrayed you. And what that does in the larger community is causes us to continuously be victimized. And that is what white liberals have done. They have lowered the bar of expectation because if I see myself as a victim and and all of the odds are against me, why do I need to work hard? The odds are against me. Why do I have to struggle? The odds are against me. Why do I have to be disciplined? Because the odds are against me. So why even try? And I am, I mean, I come, I'm a little black girl who grew up on a pig farm in southern Alabama, very impoverished. I was beneath the bottom rung of life. My grandmother would ask me to help her in the garden. I thought she just wanted me to spend quality time with her. I had no idea it was for our survival. But if we wanted beans, greens, or peas, we had to go out and work it with our own two hands. And I've I've been able, by the grace of God, to recognize what my grandparents did all around me, to work hard, to discipline themselves, to focus on what was important. And from that little farm, I became the first in my family to go to college and graduate. I spent over 10 years in the military, U.S. Army Reserves. I worked in the Wall Street environment, corporate America. I'm an adjunct professor of corporate finance. I've just written my first book, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, and now I'm running for Congress. I represent all that is good about this country if you are willing to work and dedicate yourself to something. Wow, that was a great little rant you just went on there, Kathy. (laughs) Tremendous. (laughs) Kathy Barnett, and again, the title of the book is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. Now, you also, you said you're running for Congress in the 4th District here in Pennsylvania. Um, What's what's been the reaction? to? And you're running as a Republican, I'm assuming, so what's been the reaction? I am. I am the first uh, black person to ever receive the endorsement by the Republican Party in Montgomery County, which is the 4th District, uh, 4th Congressional District, and I received it overwhelmingly, enthusiastically, um, and I have received a tremendous amount of support. Um, But we are sick and tired of uh, what, what the Republican, what the Democrat Party is doing to our country, then I need people to go to kathybarnettforcongress.com and to support us, uh, it's going to take a tremendous amount of revenue to be able to do the things that we need to do. And I would love for people to see the story, to see the opportunity, to be able to actually take back some territory. It was the House that impeached our president, and all I want to do is retire as many Democrats as possible. Wow. You're listening to an interview I did with Kathleen Barnett, the candidate for the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania. This interview was done back in February of 2020. Now, um, what's the history there in Montgomery County uh, for Republicans? Uh, Well, you know, at one point in time, like so much of our country, we used to be uh, primarily uh, Republican. Uh, But the thing with but the thing with Democrats, they never give up. I don't care how kooky or looney tune their policies may be, they just keep pushing, and they've done so. And now they, it's like a forty-seven thirty-seven split. But that's kind of representative of the entire nation um, that there are more registered Democrats than Republicans. But this is a very winnable seat. Uh, Madeline Dean, Matt, her nickname is Mad, 
Mad Madeline Dean, uh, who co-sponsored one of the most ridiculous um, uh, immigration reform bills. If you, I mean, if this immigration reform bill that they passed or not passed, but that they uh, that she is endorsing about forty-five other uh, liberal Democrats. The new way forward. The new way for doesn't that sound so nice and polite? Oh yeah, when we I talked about you, it here a couple of days ago. It's it's oh, un, it's insane. It but every time I read one section, I think it's crazy until I go to the next <laughs> section, and it's even crazier than the section I just uh, finished reading. It actually redefines what it means to be an American. That's how crazy and Looney Tune all of these things are. I mean, we have. I mean, we are at one of those uh, crescendo moments. In time, we experienced it as, as, a, as a nation when our forefathers were fighting for their liberties in the American Revolution. We experienced that crescendo of a moment during the Civil War, during the Civil Rights Movement, and I believe we are at that moment again. We, no one can sit out, no one, no conservative, no Republican, no one who loves this country, whether, even if you're a Democrat, but you've got enough sense to realize that redefining what it means to be an American is perhaps not the best way to go here. We need, we need those particular people to see and to acknowledge when good people throw their hats in the ring and to come alongside them. And again, they can go to, your listeners can go to Kathy Barnett, for congress.com and support us financially. We're revamping the website where we have a list of things you can do um, to volunteer for as well. Well, uh, Kathy, um, uh, just from talking to you here today, anybody who doesn't vote for you down there is an idiot. That, 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 <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I bet you do. And, uh, and um, again, the, the title of the book is um, every, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. i got about 30 seconds left. And just real quick, what's been the reaction of your friends and family, black, black friends and, and your family? Listen, you cannot be black, conservative, and outwardly support this president and have thin skin. you got to thicken up your skin real quick because <laughs> I was born... I was born into the into the Democrat Party just like I was born into brown skin. In the brown community, there's no separation for the overwhelming majority of them, so it's difficult. But I am seeing change. I am seeing people come off the Democrat plantation. I'm seeing eyes be, become open. Well, you know what it's called? Guts. And you got a lot of them. I Guts. really appreciate you yes. being on, Kathy, and good luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's right. Uh, ba- Kathy Barnett, she's running for Congress in the 4th District. I hope she wins by a landslide. And we will be right back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Under fire from parents and politicians, President Biden's administration announcing Steps to ease the nationwide shortage of baby formula. The FDA says it's streamlining its review process to make it easier for companies, including foreign manufacturers, to sell formula in the U.S. Also, regulators reaching a deal with Abbott to restart its Michigan plant, shut down for contamination. Commissioner Robert Califf. The FDA expects that the measures and steps that it's taking within for formula manufacturers and others will mean more and more supplies on the way or on store shelves moving forward. None of the steps expected to have an immediate effect on those searching for formula. Abbott says it will take 8 to 10 weeks, and supply chain issues will affect other companies' turnaround times. I'm Julie Walker. The Dow is up 399 points, the Nasdaq 281 points higher. This is SRN News. 
About to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash-out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dennis Prager explains the mind of the left. There is no arrogance like left-wing arrogance. Not only do they think they're right, they know they're right, and therefore, not only are we wrong, but we, we are not worthy of any of the laws, any of the civil and civilized laws of society. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. I know I don't. I mean, I try, but how much can you really shove in your face during the day? So the best solution for me is balance of nature, which I really feel better with it. So, I mean, ever since I got the first bottle of it, I take my three of each, you know, every day. I have a lot more energy than I had in a long time because of the balance of nature. I feel a lot more peppy. And I have a little more endurance. You know, I feel a lot better. I do. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code BALANCE. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Well, Liberty Bridge does remain shut down because of that earlier truck fire. So that's going to cause backups for you on Crosstown Boulevard. Also really busy on Parkway North inbound. That's a solid jam starting at 28 all the way down to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Solid delays inbound Parkway East from Bait Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. About a 20-minute delay and stacked up Parkway West inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 44. Turning cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the afternoon will reach a high tomorrow of 67. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with showers mainly early, the low 59. For Thursday, we'll see mostly cloudy skies. Expect a high Thursday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, it's been a long time coming, but uh, John Durham showed up in court today in Washington and the trial of Michael Sussman began. And after all this time, Republicans, especially Donald Trump, are hoping that this is about more than Michael Sussman, I believe. A lawyer for the Clinton campaign, that's who Michael Sussman is or was. He's accused of lying to the FBI. Zach Smith is a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's here to give us a scouting report on what happened today. Zach, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Look, I think this is a trial we've all been waiting for for a long time to get started. Uh, you know, this is one of a series of indictments that John Durham has brought. It's the first one to go to trial. And you're exactly right. Uh, Michael Sussman is essentially accused of lying to the FBI. He brought information to the FBI's general counsel, said he wasn't there on behalf of any client, that he wasn't representing anyone. Well, it turns out uh, he had ties uh, not only to uh, kind of an anonymous tech uh, guru who provided him some information, uh, but also ties to the Clinton campaign. And so John Durham determined this was a lie, and he indicted him. And so what we've seen starting yesterday with jury selection and today with opening statements and some of the witnesses taking the stand at Sussman's trial is this story about what happened, uh, what he presented to the FBI, and what his ties were to the Clinton campaign and others uh, were. And so I think this will be a very interesting trial to watch and, frankly, very eye-opening uh, for many people as these facts begin to come out. Uh, any surprises in either opening statement for you? No, no surprises. I mean, look, I did think John Durham. John Durham is not personally, uh, you know, in the, you know, leading the standing up in front of the jury right now. There are other members of his team who are doing that. Though yeah. John Durham was there at the courthouse, but I thought the the prosecutor who did the opening statement for the government had a great line in her opening. She said, "This case essentially boils down to a look, a leap, and a lie." The look was Sussman and others looking at the still dossier to see if there was any information there they could use to potentially uh, damage Donald Trump and his campaign. The leak was trying to push this information out to the media. And when that didn't work quite as well as they'd hoped, the lie was then Sussman going to the FBI and presenting this and saying he wasn't doing it on behalf of any client. And so that pretty much encapsulates what happened here. And I think really sets the tone for what we'll see in the coming days and weeks with this trial. The prosecution said Sussman wanted to, quote, inject the FBI into the election. Uh, could you take anything from today that tells you how the defense, the defense is going to counter that? Well, look, you know, some of the first witnesses we saw take the stand today were FBI agents who said they reviewed the information that Sussman provided to the FBI's general counsel, and they were able to quickly determine that essentially, these are my words, it was nonsense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't, you know, purport to show what Sussman said it would show. And so I think you see the, the defense kind of taking issue with some of that, you know, trying to paint Sussman as a, a concerned citizen who was there, you know, trying to do the right thing, wasn't acting for nefarious purposes. Uh, 
but I mean, look, again, I think it'll be very interesting, you know, based on the information that's in the indictment. Uh, you know, it certainly seems like Sussman left out critical information when talking with the FBI. Uh, but look, you know, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, and that's why we have jury trials, uh, so that a jury of Sussman's peers can determine whether or not he, in fact, violated the law. Well, that was going to be a later question, but I'll ask you now, since you brought up the jury, uh, I, the numbers of, of uh, the percentage of people in Washington, D.C., I'm not talking about in government, I'm talking about just regular people, it's like 95% Democrat. So right. how, how do you get a jury that you think is going to give you uh, an unbiased um, verdict, which, uh, which doesn't include their politics and their decision? Well, look, that's always a tough thing when selecting a jury. There are 16 jurors who have been selected uh, to participate in this trial. Only 12 of them will ultimately make the decision. Uh, four of them are alternates. They don't know which jurors yet are, in fact, the alternates. Uh, and so all of them will be hopefully paying attention to the trial, listening to the evidence. Now, there were some, you know, that like any jury selection process, raised concerning uh, aspects of their background for either side. You know, several of them uh, said, you know, they did lean toward the left, uh, that some said they were, you know, disposed uh, not to favor Trump or anyone associated with him. Now, the way that typically plays out is the judge or one of the lawyers will ask them, well, despite this, can you set aside your personal feelings and still deliver a fair and partial verdict, weigh the evidence that you presented in court, and basically set aside your own personal prejudices? Now, all of them said that they could, uh, but I'm sure this will certainly be something that the you know Durham team is keeping in the back of their mind as they're moving forward with this case. Uh, we have that um, pesky beyond a shadow of a doubt shadow of a doubt factor that we have to deal with here. Um, how about being able to prove uh, beyond a shadow shadow of a doubt that uh, Sussman or anybody else was doing this to achieve political ends? How do you get inside somebody's head and prove that? Well, look, you know, you have to keep in mind what the charge is here. It's a 1001 violation, essentially lying to the FBI. And so they have to prove that Sussman, uh, you know, intentionally made a false statement to the FBI. And that essentially that statement had some material impact on the FBI's decision-making process. And typically that materiality uh, prong of these types of prosecutions are really where things get tricky for prosecutors. You know, it seems like, you know, John Durham's an experienced prosecutor, as are the members of his team. So I'm sure they're well aware of that pitfall. And I suspect and hope uh, that we will see uh, pains taken by them to really short their case and make clear that, yes, yeah, Sussman's uh, statements to the FBI, not only were they intentionally misleading or false, uh, they were also material to the FBI's decision-making process. And I suspect we'll hear from witnesses that kind of flesh out that point over the coming days. It's been a long time since Sussman's name popped up, and he was the guy that uh, they put the target on. Uh, I seem to remember uh, there was some speculation that he might sing, that he that he would not, um, you know, he would, he would uh, plea bargain. Um, and that didn't happen. So uh, what does that tell you about what the, def the how strong the defense feels their case is? 
Well, look, I think it's a recognition in part that 1001 prosecutions, you know, making false statements can be inherently difficult prosecutions to bring. You know, I'm a former uh, assistant U.S. attorney. One of the most difficult cases I ever prosecuted was a perjury case. It's a slightly different charge, but along the same vein, uh, making a false statement because you have to prove that the person intentionally lied and that it was material. And, you know, Proving whether someone lied or whether they just misspoke or misremembered, you know, that can be a very difficult thing uh, for a prosecutor to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And so I think to some extent, the fact that you're seeing Sussman take this to trial is a recognition that these are very difficult cases for prosecutors to prove, a recognition that D.C. is probably going to be generally a a favorable jury pool for him uh, for a variety of factors. You know, like you mentioned, uh, many are, are not sympathetic. Uh, to you know, Donald Trump or his administration, and are likely to be more sympathetic to anyone you know who is supposedly working against him. Uh, and so, this is a difficult prosecution for Durham and his team uh, to bring. But I think it's an important one uh, because, again, you know, if we're going to get back to this idea that we are a nation of laws, not of men, and that no one is above the law. It's an important thing for everyone, no matter how powerful, no matter how politically connected they may be to be held accountable for their actions. Uh, I, I, I remember hearing from way back that, that Durham is known for being a very meticulous, um, willing to take us, very patient, um, and it seems like it's been a long, long time we've been waiting for this first day of testimony. Um, does What does it say that he took this long? I guess what I'm asking is, would he waste this much time if he didn't think he had a pretty good chance of getting a conviction? Well, I think, John Durham, you know, a prosecutor has an ethical obligation not to bring a case unless they think they can prove the charges beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, you know, but again, these are difficult cases to prove, these false statement cases. But I think it's also important Again, that John Durham is bringing this case to show that no one is above the law, that everyone will be held accountable for their actions. And look, I also think as the public, we're going to learn a lot at this trial, what comes out. Don't forget, one of the witnesses that I anticipate we'll hear from is Mark Elias. Mark Elias is a Democratic lawyer. He served as general counsel for the Hillary Clinton campaign. He's one of the you know so-called Democratic super lawyers that files a lot of election-related lawsuits. And so I think it'll be very interesting to also learn specifically what Mark Elias knew when he knew it, what his involvement was uh, in, you know, kind of this uh, steel dossier nonsense that happened, what his involvement was with Sussman and having Sussman, you know, whether he played a part in having Sussman go to the FBI. All of that will be very important for us to learn and will likely be facts that come out at the trial. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, too, is that uh, would Durham be going through all this, taking all this time, um, and uh, devoting, I'm, I'm guessing he's devoting his life to this because this is the only thing, I'm guessing this is the only thing he's working on. Would he be going through all this and taking this much time and effort to just get Michael Sussman? Is, is, that, is he a big enough fish to, to go through all this for? Well, I think John Durham, I hope, is in pursuit of the truth and finding out what happened and really laying out a report telling us and telling Congress what happened and how we can prevent it from happening again in the future. And so I suspect we will see a report from John Durham being issued. But don't forget, along the way, as Durham's investigation has progressed, he has indicted people and brought other prosecutions. Um, This just happens to be the first one uh, that is going to trial. 
And so in that sense, this is the first time that we're really getting to see John Durham and his team in action, uh, but there may be more to come. It's just something we'll have to stay tuned and, and see how it plays out. Well, how much do, what do we know right now about what, what's the next shoe to drop, uh, guilty or not guilty on this case? If he, gets a, if he gets a not guilty, does he pack it up and, and go home, or does he just move on to the next target? You know, it's really hard to say. I suspect if it is a not guilty, Durham will have to kind of reevaluate, reassess uh, where other, uh, you know, potential indictments or investigatory steps stand. Uh, but look, I want to emphasize, these 1001 cases are very, very difficult to prosecute for all the reasons we've, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, even if it is a not guilty, I think it's encouraging that John Durham has the conviction and the willingness to bring this case again to show that even, you know, supposedly high-powered, connected D.C. lawyers are not above the law and, you know, if a prosecutor believes that someone has broken the law and that they can, you know, prove the charges beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, then it's their duty uh, to, you know, uphold the law, enforce the laws as they're written, and bring charges. And that's exactly what John Durham has done in this case. We're talking to Zach Smith. He's a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation uh, about the uh, the Michael Sussman trial. John Durham, uh, the prosecutor, finally getting uh, into court and, and hearing testimony, and we've begun. So how long is this likely to take, uh, Zach, this case, this, so right this now, particular one? Yeah, right now they have about two weeks blocked off for the trial. Could take a little less uh, time, could take a little bit more. But I suspect about two weeks is, is what they're aiming for, to have this trial done and completed. And so, you know, by this time, at the end of the month, as we're going into June, I suspect we'll know whether or not Michael Sussman uh, will, in fact, uh, have a conviction on his record or whether he'll be acquitted. Or there's always the possibility that it could be a hung jury as well. Uh, But in two weeks' time or so, uh, we should know an answer to that. Who is uh, sweating out there right now or should be sweating if if, uh, based on how this is aside from Sussman, obviously? Well, I think anyone who's involved uh, in the Steele dossier that cover up, they should be sweating. Look, even if uh, they may not be criminally charged, if they may not face legal repercussions, I think everyone uh, who kind of has seen the facts of this, who's learned what happened, knows that it stinks to high heaven. And while, you know, politicians in D.C. today (laughs) really have a sense of shamelessness uh, in many respects, I think they should be worried that this will not sit well with the American people, that there was a concerted effort essentially to discredit a major party's political candidate, uh, you know, on the eve of the election. I think everyone recognizes that is, uh, you know, dirty pool, to put it lightly. Uh, and so I suspect anyone involved in that, I, I would hope uh, they would be sweating right now. This is a little off the subject because it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with what went on today or the, uh, the actual um, the actual legality of anything, but um, uh, what about the the fact that that um, what what what's the, 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 what are the what are the Democrats and what are the media? How are they going to play this? Uh, are they going to just say that uh, even if it's a guilty plea, that it was a, a nothing, a, a, a big nothing burger? Is that going to be their response? 
Well, I don't know, but I think you and I can both anticipate how this will play out. If it turns out to be a non-guilty verdict, I suspect we won't hear much of the nuanced discussion we've had today, that these are inherently difficult cases to prove, you know, talking about the materiality standard. I'm sure they'll basically say that John Durham has found nothing. He wasn't able to, you know, to prove his case. And if it is a guilty verdict, you know, I suspect we won't hear much about that either. You know, potential paint Michael Sussman as a rogue actor, someone who was kind of, you know, misspoke or, you know, went out on his own to do this. I don't suspect the mainstream media uh, will cover a guilty verdict uh, quite as vigorously as they would a not guilty verdict. That's an unfortunate statement, but I, I think it's just where we stand today in terms of, of where the media in our country is at. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I looked on the foxnews.com uh, page uh today uh just to see what they were reporting on this and this story is about three quarters of the way down the page below the uh uh johnny depp uh trial and um right. i'm surprised by that I, I thought it would be uh blown up pretty big now there's a lot of other stuff going on but they were way below well, they were way down the totem pole well, and I think part of it may be, look, we do have about two weeks left in the trial, you know, give or take a couple of days. And I suspect as you start seeing more witnesses take the stand, you know, getting more details, kind of more of the story starts coming out directly from those involved instead of the lawyers just kind of giving opening statements, opening summaries of what you may hear at the trial. As you start hearing directly from the players involved, uh, that may be an important, you know, kind of prod that will get this coverage uh, you know, more in the media's attention. Another interesting thing to watch will be whether or not Michael Sussman himself takes the stand. You know, keep in mind, Michael Sussman has a Fifth Amendment right uh, mm-hmm. as a criminal defendant. He doesn't have to say anything in trial. He can invoke his right to remain silent, doesn't have to uh, say anything, doesn't have to take the stand. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to watch whether or not his lawyers uh, basically, I mean, it's Michael Sussman's decision at the end of the day, but essentially strategically, whether or not he and his team choose for him to take the stand or not will also be something very interesting and very important to watch as this trial progresses. We're finishing up here with Zach Smith, legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, the the uh, Michael Sussman trial started today, the first testimony. Um, what in a case like this, what are the chances that information that comes from testimony in this case will will maybe uh, just open up other cases and lead to problems for other people based on the testimony? Maybe they maybe the prosecution finds out things that they didn't know because of testimony and then says, "Okay, we're going after this guy next." That's a potential. It could happen. You know, I certainly hope everyone would be truthful. You know, <laughs> I hope uh, since this is a false statement case, no one would perjure themselves yeah, on the yeah. stand. Uh, you know, that's an easy way to get in trouble. Uh, but look, John Durham, as a prosecutor, has access to the grand jury. The grand jury operates uh, essentially in secret. It's a very uh, secretive, deliberative process. You know, John Durham can subpoena records uh, through the grand jury, can call witnesses in to testify in the grand jury. And so I suspect, you know, in the lead up to this trial and maybe as part of other investigations uh, that he's been making use of that grand jury process. And so while some information may come out of trial, I suspect there's a lot already going on in the background uh, that, you know, further investigatory steps or puzzle pieces are still being pieced together by his team as well. Last thing, I got about 30 seconds. How much of this, uh, how much is PR a part of this? 
uh, as opposed to just getting a guilty verdict. I, I mean, and I'm talking about bad PR for the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. They, they, could, well, they may not go to jail, but they ain't going to look very good. Well, look, I, I certainly hope that's not part of John Durham's uh, calculus. I doubt it is. His job as a prosecutor is to enforce the law and to seek justice. Now, a collateral consequence, I think, will be a lot of unfavorable facts will come out. And as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, you know, even if there may not be legal repercussions for some of the people uh, involved in this matter, you know, I think a lot of them should be sweating because they will look very bad based on the facts uh, that will come out. Okay, Zach, I appreciate it. I'm out of time. Zach Smith, legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Maybe talk to you again when this thing's over. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay, we'll be right back. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Are you unhappy with your Medicare supplement plan? Are you paying too much for doctors or drugs? Did you know that you don't need to wait for the annual enrollment period to switch plans? You heard me right. With Chapter, you can apply to switch your Medicare supplement plan whenever you want. Chapter is a free service that helps you make sure you are on the right Medicare plan for your needs. Chapter searches thousands of options to find a plan that best suits your specific health care needs and could save you thousands of dollars each year. Because healthcare should be your choice, not a bureaucrat's decision. Whether you're already enrolled in a Medicare supplement plan or you're new to Medicare, call Chapter and make sure your choice is the right choice. It could be the last call you ever need to maximize your Medicare benefits. The service is free. So call today. Call 800-611-9422. 800-611-9422. 800-611-9422. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it is election night, and uh, we'll be, I guess, talking tomorrow about who won, who lost, where we go from here tomorrow. I did get a phone call here at the station from someone, and I'm not, I can't vouch for the... Uh, for the credibility of it, it's just a phone call, but just for what it's worth, a woman called and said where, wherever she was uh, going to vote, the, they did not have enough Republican ballots. Uh, I don't know what that means, um, wh- whether it means uh, wh- how much of a problem that is, how they fix that. I'm just telling you what somebody called in with. Um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if Dr. Oz wins. That's a big win for Donald Trump because uh, – I don't get the feeling that a lot of people want to vote for uh, for Dr. Oz. And if it, if he does win, it might be because they don't want to vote for Kathleen Barnett just because they're a little bit concerned about some of the stuff they're hearing about 
whether or not, whether or not she's um, been honest about her past. But if if uh, Doctor Oz wins, then what we have is Doctor Oz. You know what I mean? It's do you want Doctor Oz to be your senator? I don't. I don't care. I don't care who endorsed him. I don't. I don't. And um, we'll see. But I. I just. I, I. There's stuff out there about Kathleen Barnett. There's stuff out there about McCormick, who seems to be a forgotten man now. He's third, unless he comes out of nowhere tonight. Uh, he seems to have dropped uh, into third place, and um, Barnett and Oz are tied. But um, I just. There's a lot of stuff out there about Kathleen uh, uh, Barnett, but. It's not on videotape like it is with Dr. Oz. Some of the stuff is just blatantly not conservative, way on the wrong side of the uh, spectrum. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.